Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether worlds of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people, and it shows, and we believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and this week we are going to look at the Dorito dust-covered Mountain Dew drinking world of incels. Incel stands for involuntary celibate, and I've been looking at these guys for a while. Uh, I did a couple of articles on Medium, you can find them online, because these are really interesting people. I actually find myself feeling quite sorry for them. Don't feel sorry for these unloved turds, Joel. So you can't get laid? So what? Life's full of disappointments, and it's not an excuse to be a fuckwit, and certainly not to be a terrorist. We're talking subculture here. And what about other subcultures? Like, I don't know, cricketers, line dancers, antiquers, vintage car enthusiasts. We don't look at these groups and say, oh, most of them are all right, but there are a couple over there that are plotting mass murder and mayhem because that's what incels do at the pointy end. And the rest of them need to be told in no uncertain terms that having a blue tinge around your scrape, having a couple of cods that look like blood plums, is not an excuse to promote and barrack for sexual violence against women. And back in the old days, we'd have this lot off in a circus and pay tuppence hopefully to look at them in their ghastliness and laugh like fuck at them. Yeah, right, Jack. I can see how this is going to go. But look, they are sad bastards. And while they can be a little bit unpleasant at times, it comes from a dark and lonely place. You've gone soft, Joe. Soft, liberal, navel-gazing, empathy-laced and wrong. Uh, and let's all think about what the mass murderers are actually are actually feeling. And maybe they're feeling pain. Maybe they have emotional pain. Maybe we'll get them a cup of tea and a fucking biscuit. Yeah, okay. Okay, you're not wrong. I mean... Maybe I'm on the wrong side of history here, but as it stands, for various reasons, I feel for them. Like, but you might change my mind on this one. All right, Joel, that's enough about our unfuckable mates. We'll get back to them later. But now it's time for this. It's the Conditional Race Program's Weekly News. In the seemingly endless saga of the US presidential election, which was meant to be done and dusted a few weeks ago, baseless claims of electoral fraud are somehow becoming more baseless as time goes on. The Trump lawyers have become famous for squirming under oath and generally half-assing their attempts to get the Oval Office back into their trusted orange hands. This entire thing is fucked, and I hope it's over soon. You're wrong about that too, Joel. So we're basically... This is actually better than a Biden landslide. I mean, this way, Trump loses every day. He's lost every day since the 3rd of November. And some days he actually loses harder than he did on the 3rd of November. (laughs) And several times. When when a swing state certifies or another one of his silly-ass claims is hurled out of court. And this week's highlight was a TV interview uh, with now you see a now you don't member of the Trump legal team, Sidney Powell, who suggested zombie Hugo Chavez in cahoots with the CIA had bribed the Republican governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, a Trump acolyte, and his Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, also a Trump acolyte, to install Dominion voting machines and shift votes from one side to the other. Yeah, but Jack, 
How good is that company name? Dominion? <laughs> I mean, like, are you trying to trigger people? It's fucking ominous. Uh, look, Powers claims were so nutty that Lord of the Fruitcakes, Rudy Giuliani, sent her packing from the Trump team. And Powers performance made Giuliani's presser at the Four Seasons in Philly two weeks back. Not the hotel, but the landscaping business over the road from the crematorium. Turn left at the dildo shop and there you are. Look like the Gettysburg Address. And if you're too crazy to sit in the same room as Rudy, maybe the only room you should sit in has mattresses strapped to the walls. And meanwhile, the district court in Georgia awaits Sydney Powell's filings, as do we all. Where to next? Aliens from beyond the moon gathering up Nevada ballots with their powerful mandibles? It's anyone's guess. Well, Sydney Powell has also been promising to release the Kraken in her own explosive set of affidavits and wild, baseless claims of election fraud. Sydney has also typically, started a fundraising campaign in the name of defending the Republic. One would assume this is in order to fund her lawsuits and feed this kraken of hers, but it's probably just a slush fund for when she loses her license to practice law and becomes suddenly unemployed. Now, I am keenly awaiting the remarks from the judge because these guys are not enjoying this bullshit process. So far, she has managed to, in textbook Trump legal style, misspell her star witness's name not once but twice according to will sommer on twitter i mean come on fucking guys you're just a cartoon at this point she keeps using this headshot she has Ooh, which looks yeah. like she's posting Stop for that. a horror film like like a deer in the headlights like yeah. jack nicholson's about she's to stab seen, her in the face she's just seen the big guy with the axe and yeah that's coming, it coming towards her and yeah that's what it looks yeah. like it's a, John Jarrett is around the corner, if, like, fucking if, hell. I mean, you, 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 if you had that on your driver's license, you'd give it the ass. Absolutely. I, honestly, as days go on, it is getting harder to believe that she is not a George Soros funder performance <laughs> artist who is just taking the piss out of all of us. Because, like, will she release this fucking Kraken? And if so, what does a Kraken do in a court of law? Does it have its own license to practice? Is it a witness? I mean, who's keeping it wet? I mean,. I am getting more questions and answers here, Jack. Uh, look, throwing an enormous fictitious squid into the story can only add some meat to the bones of uh, this just uh, this this wonderful post-election phase. Yeah, fuck. I mean, I like my calamari deep fried with a side of mayo, but Powell's serve is a, just a little bit of a mouthful at this point. I mean, I think the self-described Kraken releaser, that's literally what she calls herself, is going to have a very strange Thanksgiving this year and a very short legal career after this. But who bloody knows? I mean, these assholes just never seem to go away. But in other news and more local news, Gladys Berejiklian has Gladys. told us what we already know, which is when governments hurl around great sacks of public money known as pork barreling, you get some pork on your fork, everyone does it. Ethics is a county in England. There's nothing to see here, right, guys? We all love Gladys. It's actually the law. Anyone who doesn't love Gladys, and I don't mean a Daryl way, but the compulsory love and, and deep and abiding respect uh, for Gladys for doing as little as possible in New South Wales uh, to prevent pandemic mega deaths. Uh, there are some pretty big fines uh, around for not loving Gladys. Uh, thank you, Gladys. I love you, and I think you may have stepped deep into Sir Robert Askin territory today, and that can only be a good thing. And back in Asco's day, you could buy the Premier for as little as 10000 a week, which was a bargain. And now it's costing $252 million uh, through the local government grants program, which... When you adjust for inflation, it's bugger all more than ASCO got in the kickbacks. It's Fair. the cost of good government in New South Wales, and it 
a mere quarter of a billion a year, I think it's money well spent, and not spent actually, just shoveled out of a fucking big dump truck to anyone with Liberal Party connections with their hands out. Well done, Gladys. Well done, everyone. Yeah, we love Gladys Berejiklian here at the Conditioner Release Program because she could never do or say anything wrong, even if she does like to kill koalas in her spare time. Uh, but we can't waste any more time moaning about dead koalas, Joe. We have to kick those marsupial corpses, cuddly as they are, out of the way and move on. Pull the rubber gloves on and stick our fingers deep into the anal cavity of the incel movement in our deeper dive. So, Joe, you've got the gloves on. Tell me, what's an incel? Well, we've talked a lot about red pills in this podcast, but this one is the black pill. And while the red pill shows you this alternate reality where vaccines turn you into a chicken and Donald Trump is fighting the kiddie fiddlers in the deep state, and of course, Pete Evans is somehow clever, the black pill is one of nihilism and complete despair. Uh, it's, it's meant to reveal the idea that some people just never stood a chance from the start. And only good-looking and neurotypical people will ever find success in this world and the incels are simply subhuman genetic fuck-ups that should never have been born and this is one of the reasons why incels veers dark it is a dark topic dark dark topic i mean incel stands for involuntary celibate for those who don't know it is what it says on the box it's people who are celibate not voluntarily and not very happy about it. Yeah, the term incel was actually created by a woman, uh, mm. but incel culture has very much slipped away from the intended roots of this sort of love shy, anxious around the opposite sex, hey, let's talk about how hard dating is and become this fucking monster yeah. before us yeah. uh, It's responsible for a lot of atrocities. Incels will argue that women can't be incels because they are the gatekeepers of sex, <laughs> but Fem cells absolutely do exist. Um, they often gripe, fem cells is the female incel, yes. and they often gripe about not being taken seriously by women and men in general because they're not conventionally attractive. And, you know, the halo effect and lookism and that sort of stuff. Yes. And they also find themselves being used sexually, you know, like they're not keepers. So contrary to what male incels think because they're sexually obsessed, this is an awful experience. Being used sucks. And incels simply think that these fem cells are just really picky because, of course, picking your partner is like, you know, such a fucking ridiculous thing to do, right? Like, I mean, take what you can get. Like, fuck off. So the basic truth of what, like, whatever they do, these guys can't get played. And not yes. only that, but some of them, like, it's like not just like a dry patch. Like, some of them get past 30 or even 50 years old without hugging or kissing a woman in intimacy ever. Uh, well, look, if we're going to go into the dark corners of this uh, idiot brigade, what is the go with terrorist attacks? Because that's what they've been responsible for. There have been several, yeah. and they seem to idolise uh, the other. The others that remain uh, idolise those that commit atrocities. They do. You've looked into this. What's the go? Well, in 2014, the Isla Vista uh, attack in California left... Uh, Six victims dead and the perpetrator uh, having committed suicide uh, by firearm. And he was just 22 years of age. He gave himself yeah. no hope of ever having a, uh, a sexual relationship with anyone. He's just a pup. Yeah, he's just a, just a kid. He stabbed three men to death in his apartment as they arrived, one by one. Jeez. And then he drove to a University of California sorority house. He, he couldn't get in. Uh, <laughs> so he fired shots into, into the building, killing... Uh, killing two young women and uh, severely injuring another uh, before uh, taking off in his car, pursued by police. He yep. was shot in the hip 
and uh, then uh, his vehicle uh, basically crashed, and uh, yep. by the time the police got to him, he'd he'd blown his head off. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, he, he uh, well before he he committed these atrocities, he posted a manifesto of a kind on YouTube, and and just by the way, uh, the the clip is long gone, but. Uh, don't uh, YouTube have questions to answer in terms of the curation and moderation of this sort of stuff? 100%. Absolutely. And to this day, so many things that they just need to, yeah. yeah. The algorithm encourages people to watch it. Yes, that's right. And we're not, we're not just talking about uh, terrorist sort of offences. We're, we're also talking about, you know, sort of hard right-wing ideologies. 100%. And, and, and violent urging and all this sort of stuff that, that YouTube posts without apology. And it it's, clicks. it's not as if this is a free... Uh, speech argument to them. It really no. is just we couldn't be bothered hiring people to curate and moderate our library. And it makes us money. Let's face it, extremism, rabbit holes of obsession, these sort of things yeah. keep people glued to these videos with mid-roll ads. And and that money goes to assholes like fucking Del Bigtree and various absolute scumbag grifters. Yes, I have a serious sticking point when it comes to the way YouTube, yeah, YouTube does not moderate this shit. I've got some, yes, well, they've got some questions questions to answer, certainly, and they, they should really be dealing do. with this stuff. But the, the Olivista attacker, um, I just want to go through some of his manifesto. I'll give our listeners uh, a bit of an insight into what these people are really angry about and what they're prepared to do. Yeah. So this is his quote. It was all fueled by my wish to punish everyone who is sexually active because I concluded that it wasn't fair that other people were able to experience sex while I have been denied it all my life. I will arm myself with deadly weapons and wage a war against all women and the men they are attracted to. Yeah. First phase will represent my vengeance against all of the men who have had pleasurable sex lives while I've had to suffer. The second phase will represent my war on women. I will punish all females for the crime of depriving me of sex. The crime. Yes, it's a crime, and he's 22 years of age. And the first thing we notice there is the unrestrained uh, depictions of violence or the, 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 the willingness to commit violent acts. And, and the other thing that we notice there too is uh, the basis of it is an attack on women, but there are also attacks on men. It's essentially an attack on everyone with a focus yeah. perhaps on women. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing that's interesting with this guy, um, the fact that he went men and women because most incel violence, whether it's in practice or whether it's idealized, is targeted toward women. And, I mean, this guy stabbed people, mm -hmm. you know, shooting and stabbing. I don't know. Look, I'm not an expert in this, but I see stabbing as being a very like a close and intimate way of taking someone's life. And this guy clearly was at peace with it because he did it more than once. And that's just... Yeah, that's, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely right. I mean, a stabbing shows great intent. It really uh, great does. Great intent to cause serious injury, if not death. Do it three did, times. Mate. Yeah, and three, the, the, the three men that he, that he did surreal. Were, were, were stabbed. But you say that, you know, the you know he was a little bit different because most incels direct their anger, their fury... They're plotting their ideation at women. It's toward women, and you know, and that's the that's that's you know the the, the root of this whole you know sort of crime of withholding sex. Yeah. So so at the centre of this, I think, is cowardice. You know, because yeah. incels fear other men, uh, yeah. and they see women as subhuman. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. But when an incel takes on a Chad, you know, a Chad could be, in <laughs> fact, you know, the, 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 the portrayal, the, the, the cliche, the stereotype yeah. of a Chad is he's around six foot two and a hundred kilograms. So your, your nerdy little, uh, nerdy little incel is probably not going to take that guy on. So no. th- this is direct. So the, so the, so most of the anger is, is going to be uh, directed at women and girls. Uh, this guy wanted to take them all on the, the old Vista attacker which also shows his streak of narcissism and megalomania. But yeah. most of them stop short and just decide to lunge towards the gatekeepers of their misery, the women. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it is outrageous, Keonis. Yeah, it is. And, like, the, the incel community will call this piece of shit who committed these atrocities the supreme gentleman, yeah. which is something he called himself in his video, but also referred to him as a saint. He's a saint, yes. And now, look, this is not all incels. It really is, a, a, you know, a lot of incels are miserable, sad guys who are sort of keeping to themselves, but it is widespread enough to be considered commonplace. Uh, yeah. It's Incels also, this is one of the things that I find really disturbing about the way they discuss this sort of thing, is that incels seem to be more at odds with whether he was ugly enough to be a real incel or he was too rich to be an incel. Uh, uh. But you very rarely hear these guys speaking of the dead with an empathetic response. Yeah, that's because right. from my experience in this six, uh, in this sort of uh, you know subculture, life is cheap in the incel world. Life's cheap. And, and, and the moral compass has been thrown out the window. Yeah, uh, 100%. So... <sighs> A number of jurisdictions actually refer to these sorts of attacks, the ones that we've described earlier, and there are many others, as terrorism. Um, yeah. The Federal Bureau of, of, of Investigation. I mean, well, part of the problem is, and you would think this was a fairly simple exercise, but there is a global struggle. You know, United Nations and, and, yeah. and various uh, sort of global uh, groups have tried have struggled to define it. Uh, Australia has its own uh, legal definition of terrorism. They they vary quite wide, widely. I mean, yeah. uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation defines terrorism as the unlawful use of force or violence against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a government, the civilian population, or any segment thereof in furtherance of political or social objectives. That's a very yeah. broad, uh, very broad definition. The, 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 yeah. The Oxford English Dictionary, the OED definition, is the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims. Now, that's yeah. that's not a legal definition, but but the issue is these definitions have to be in place uh, in order for intelligence agencies and law enforcement to kick in, because what we have is basically two sets of laws. Certainly in this country, we have a set of laws based on the Crimes Act and so forth, and then we have... Yeah other laws that are related to terrorism. And the laws related to terrorism allow a greater scope for police or law enforcement investigations, monitoring, moderation, that sort of thing that don't exist normally. So in Australia, because I suppose, Joe, you might address this, that the, the incel community here is regarded as sort of beyond politics or apolitical, perhaps that's why they don't uh, tick all the boxes. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things where I find interesting to say the social objectives that they say in the, um, in, the, in the paragraph there because, you know, look, when it comes down to it, there's 
the the social objective is so ambiguous. What is it? Like if you kill a few uh, attractive women, suddenly attractive women are going to start screwing incels to try <laughs> yeah. and prevent the next attack. And honestly, this is the kind of shit they sometimes come up with. Well, it, it, um, it, it's thoroughly, you know, sort of just wrapped in irrationality. Uh, oh, they'll say things like, you know, uh, you know, you fuck all these men. Why don't you just spend one of those on an incel and stop the next shooting attack? And they will say this shit. And in their heads, mm. it checks out. Because if you fuck an incel, Stacey fucks an incel and she saves, uh, you know, 10 civilians. Yeah, she's not going to be saving the world, is she? I mean, but but basically... It's just ridiculous. uh, If we look at that FBI uh, uh, definition, the unlawful use of force or violence against persons or property, tick, to intimidate or coerce a government, the civilian population or any segment thereof, tick, in furtherance of political or social objectives. Social, yep. Yeah, I mean, look, they might be blind to objectives. They, you know, we just talked about, you know, well, yeah. some some of the madness, but 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 you know, a bit vague. So, so really, we can see why they tend to slip under the radar. The Canadians believe they're a terrorist group, and they well, respond, I mean, yeah, yeah, because a number of a number of attacks have occurred in well, Toronto. Canada. Yeah, yeah, it's it's we'll get to that later. And we'll talk about one of those later. I mean. I read a, a piece in the conversation uh, published earlier this year, uh, written by two academics, one female, one male, both from the US, arguing that we shouldn't define incel uh, attacks as terrorism, on the sort of spurious grounds that they were not sort of intricately planned, like a you know nine eleven, you know, with yeah, you know, plotting well, and, and conspiracies going on for a year beforehand. That, people still fucking that, that these were more like lone wolf attacks. Or, not quite spontaneous, but with no particular uh, planning going behind them. You There's know, a social objective there. The rest of the article views into arguments of big state overreach on terrorism um, investigations, which I have some sympathy. Uh, with, yeah, but yeah, but um, uh, you know, for mine, uh, we are dealing with a terrorist organisation for the fundamental reason that they terrorise a group within within our society and a large group at that, and that's women. Absolutely. And this is the sort of thing where, you know, we, we, we juggle and we strangle and we go with all this sort of thing of what is the line between freedom and security and all this sort of stuff. And you'll get your libertarians chiming mm. in, you'll get conspiracy theorists saying other things. You know, there's all the fucking voices in the world on this. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure when the next incel attack is coming, but it is going to happen. And whether this means incels are inherently evil, whether the communities are evil, blah, 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 that's a whole nother conversation for people who probably have more diplomas than I do. But at the very root of it, this is a problem that remains unsolved and will result if the trajectory continues, unless somehow the latest craze in incel yeah. ideology becomes being completely reasonable and they all start thinking that it's cool to, you know, condemn violence. Good luck with that. Until then, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the next attack is... is it's, it's, if, it's when, not if. It's when, not if. And, and, and yeah. at that time, the media will, you know, furrow its brow and wonder what we're going to do about it. Um, oh, yeah. There'll be a whole uptick in news stories on incels and then it'll come back down and they'll continue not getting laid and they'll continue being pissed off about it yeah. and the world will keep fucking spinning. Well, we want to try and give uh, our listeners a bit more understanding of this uh, of this bizarre subculture. Um, Joel, you might want to give our listeners an in- insight of some of its uh, darker, darkest players, you know, who the, yeah. who the leaders are, who the thought leaders are. 
I'll give you one. I, look, we're going to extremes on this one, so I'm just going to give you the the one real standout, which is this absolutely terrifying figure in the Intel community named Nathan Larson. This guy is a fucking piece of work. It is not at all defamatory to call this guy a Nazi pedophile. He would probably agree with you because like, he's not even an incel. He ran an incel forum with this clear intent to radicalize him into violence, specifically violence against women. And I mean sexual, explicit, horrific violence against women. This guy's not an incel. He's been married twice. And terrifyingly enough, someone who has been very open about how he thinks it's okay to basically sexually assault children has a daughter that's thankfully not in his custody, but still, fuck, that is harrowing. Yeah. So, so what, we're, what we're talking about is this, you know, the, the extreme right libertarian type view of the world, right? Yeah. Oh, this guy, well, he's, he's run for Congress as a libertarian. It's that sort of amoral, anything 100%. goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, of course, you know, like no one's a victim except for themselves and whatever you do, you're entitled to. This is the thing when it comes to male entitlement. I mean, like it's, it's thrown around a lot, but in this situation, this guy in bodies it. Now, he was jailed for making threats on the head of both Barack Obama and George W. Bush, which personally, I'm almost impressed by because it shows this bizarrely bipartisan approach to murdering heads of state. Usually that runs across party lines. But while this would have usually prevented him from running for office, the law was amended in Virginia to allow felons to seek public office once again. So he had a crack. How did he get on? Yeah, well, he got 2% of the vote. So... Good on him. But yeah. uh, look, he, in- he actively encourages himself. 2%, 2% is actually concerning, isn't it? You know I mean? You know, well, there's 98% who haven't, but there's 2% there who have either donkey voted or gone, I like the cut of this man's jib. I reckon it's probably mostly donkey votes, to be honest, uh, or just people who saw him as a libertarian and like libertarianism. I think, if anything, the libertarian vote would have been higher, but his profile would have right. been dragged through the yeah, mud during the lead sense. up to the election. Yeah, I mean, what, what, but, what, what was he telling people? I mean, what, what, what's his thing? He's straight up, uh, like he actively encourages pedophilia in all sorts of forms, and he, that was his legislative agenda, but he genuinely encourages incels to rape women. And I mean, like, properly, hey, guys, you should do this. Full, Not the, nudge. Full, like full rollout. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. And like, this is because they're entitled to sex. And this is the thing that they, uh, you know, people on the left especially love to talk about incels are entitled to sex, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times this doesn't play out the way they like to say it. In this situation, it absolutely fucking does. This guy wrote an actively promoted a 3,000 word essay on how to psych yourself up to feel entitled to rape. Uh. And this guy is not like a hero of the incel community, unlike, you know, the saint, the supreme gentleman. Yeah. But- he certainly has infected a few hearts and minds along the way. He is an evil, awful piece of shit. And, and, and it's worthwhile suggesting, it's worthwhile worthwhile that we discuss the sort of mentality that, that's active through incels. I mean, they consider themselves perpetual victims. So yeah. that they come from almost an under, underclass of people. Yeah. So they are incredibly vulnerable to suggestion. Yeah. I mean, p- people like Larson prey on that. Uh, Absolutely. They're looking for father figures everywhere. When you say vulnerable to suggestion, they don't seem very vulnerable to the suggestion of not being a rapist. Yes. Or a Nazi or a pedophile or a creepy... Uh, or, or, or a creepy starer on a bus seat, you know. Yeah. They seem much less receptive on the the basic idea of being a decent person, much less receptive to the notion of a basic human decency. Yeah, just imagine if it, like the latest incel craze was to be like not a fuckwit. Yeah, it would just yeah. be like, yeah. be and normal. it fixed the problem. Be nice to people. 
Yeah, so basically we have a, a bunch of outcasts in society with nothing to lose being told by a sketchy pedophile Nazi that they should rape women in the street. And that, I just, not, like, I don't know, call me crazy. Mm. It's not good. It's not good. How the fuck do we stop this from going from just an internet forum, words on a page, to this sort of grisly reality that we've seen in the, in the headlines? So so we know our, our, our agencies in this country, intelligence agencies and, and enforcement, are really not keeping an eye on these guys. Yeah. Uh, other countries have varied, and they do include them as, uh, as as terrorist groups, and and therefore bring that terrorist legislation and that and that money and resources into into enforcement and monitoring. Mm-hmm. So what we see with the incels are the sort of you know, lone wolf type spree attacks that are yeah. you know that that are meat and drink of terrorism. You know, yeah, uh, they're very difficult to police. Um, yes, but every available bit of information tells us that our intelligence services aren't keeping a close eye on them because yep. they're not listed as a terrorist organisation. They no, don't if- pick that political box. You know, they have an amorphous yeah, they have an amorphous structure. Yeah, these guys know how to use a VPN. You know, they're not like the sixty-year-old guys who get arrested in Thailand for massive child sex offences because. Those guys don't know how to use a fucking internet. <laughs> yeah. That's how they get caught. And these guys, you know, they can cover their tracks. Yeah. And and, and very, very difficult, uh, very, very difficult to even have an understanding of, perhaps yeah. with the exception of, of people in the forensic psych- psychology community who may be obliged to prefer, uh, prepare assessments of on yeah. the people in the court. And that's when it's too late, obviously. Yeah. I mean, if they're involved, that's because something's happened, not because it's happening. You know, it's pre- preventative sort of law enforcement that we're looking here, we're appealing to almost, saying that we need to keep an eye on these guys despite how difficult it is. Let's face it, like, it's uh, it's it's much more, um, uh, you know, after the fact than before. Yeah, look, that's right. I, I, I just wanted to talk about uh, incels and how, you know... <laughs> We might sort of fixate on on mass attacks uh, where, where uh, multiple victims uh, uh, are murdered or injured. Yeah, um, they make the headlines. They, they make the headlines, but but uh, 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 well, this this crime certainly did make headlines. This was the yeah. the, uh, the murder of uh, Eurydice Dixon in uh, oh, Princess Park in Melbourne in June twenty eighteen. Yeah, so yeah. Eurydice Dixon is a comedian and actress. Uh, decided she was going to walk home. Uh, I believe yeah. she was living in Northgate, so she was cutting through uh, Princess Park on her way home. And uh, from a gig, yeah, yeah, for, after a gig, that's right. And, yeah, and, after uh, gig. and her perpetrator, who we won't name, uh, we think he may well be an incel. Now, the first thing to say about that is there's no evidence. Right, yeah. there's no evidence presented yeah. at court, and and Please, there's no evidence clear, presented yeah. at court for a very very good reason. That is, if he was a babbling. Incel, his his uh, defence counsellor says, look, you know, we're not we're not going to be introducing that as inform- as evidence. We're not going to pop yeah. you in the box where you can start babbling about how you've been dotted by women and that's why you did this because obviously yeah. that's going to lead to a longer sentence. So yeah, you know, there there is uh, the evidence that was presented was that uh, the perpetrator was on the spectrum, um, yeah, and, and that. In itself is a bit of a concern because you know it, it sort of leads people to believe that you know people suffering autism might uh, might uh, uh, commit these sorts of offences, and there's really no background to that. I found that problematic at the time. But if we look at that. this through the incel 
prism, if you like. This is this seems to tick all the boxes uh, of an incel event. You know? It does. Yeah. So yeah. the perpetrator followed uh, Eurydice home. Uh, After the gig, yeah. Now, there's no there's no evidence. In fact, he didn't. He wasn't in attendance that evening at uh, at Eurydice's... Um, uh, it's believed he's familiar with her work, though, and it's that's believed right. that, is, so it, that so she was targeted likely, as a result. It's very likely that he's seen her act. And tell us a little bit about what you how you describe Eurydice's act. Well, essentially, it's that sort of, you know, outspoken feminist, uh, you know, mm. edgy political sort of, um, of commentary. And look, honestly, I haven't heard any of her act uh, in its in, in practice. But what I have heard from sort of third-hand things is that he was aware of the content of this act yes. and his sort of misogynistic leanings. Yeah. He basically wanted to show this uppity woman who was speaking actively about feminism, show her her place. That's right. Put put her in her place. So that's right. So this this does have all the hallmarks of a sort of incel type attack. Hundred percent. It's it's the same thing as sort of DV and stuff like that, where there is a power situation where yeah. someone who feels powerless wants to exercise this kind of power, and they will do anything to make sure that power is nailed in, even if it comes to murder. That's they right. need to maintain that power, even all the way to the fucking clink. I mean, yeah, it's it's pathetic, but. It's textbook, and it happens well, a lot. One of the one of the issues that arose, and something we'll deal with a little bit later, but one of the issues that arose around uh, the murder of Eurydice Dixon was that there was this response, and it sort of happened on talkback radio, and it, and 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 it happened in the sort of comment sections of newspapers, and uh, often expressed by older people that yeah. she had, uh, you know. Um, in, almost justified the attack on her um, by by walking yeah. Uh, yeah. at night. You know that, that, she, just, that she was behaving unsafely. And so can we just, just fuck put off. that shit to bed right yes. away, please? Yeah. I mean, anyone just, who believes that bullshit is a complete fuckwit. I mean, mm-hmm. our, the very notion yep. of having a society or a community that we live in is that men, women, everyone should not just. Be safe, but feel safe. Hundred percent. And this yeah. is where we get back to incels, because incels, at their heart, do not make particularly women feel safe. No, no, and, really not. And, and, and like, and, and look, one of the one of the sort of corners of their discussions, these sort of bulletin board bullshit chats that they have, and then there's a whole raft of other communications that occur that we don't know. You know, that aren't recorded, that are IM type discussions oh, yeah. that occur between between these fellows. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's incitement going on, isn't there? You know, yeah. there, there's, you know, incitement to uh, commit offences. Now, when we've got, when we look at terrorist legislation, anyone who incites or plan or assists or encourages a terrorist event in this country, Falls under that terrorist organisation. Uh, sorry, fall, falls under that terrorist legislation, and is yeah. subject to the great resources of the state being yeah. to investigate them. But when we look at this, and you've looked at it more broadly than I, Joel, when when we look at uh, the sorts of discussions that, that are going on, we see words like mass rape. We see words like acid attacks. Uh, yeah. We see words, you know, common. Uh, descriptions of murders, ideating murders, etc., within the incel community, 
and and, uh, and and a lot of this stuff is just going unnoticed. I mean, it is yeah. you know, by any by any reasonable assessment criminal behaviour. Oh, there's, there's there's no doubt that the amount of things we attribute to incel ideology, whether it be fermented by this kind of uh, you know community of forums, or whether it uh, you know um, comes from uh, just that feeling of you know isolation and misery that makes its own kind of monster. There is no way that all the things that we do if we Google incel attack or incel murder, mm. that's not the full list. There is a shitload, yeah. surely. And the thing is, these are the ones that make it to court, that even get into the, yeah. the media. And, and the, that are defined as incel attacks. And, and there's, there's there's a lot that aren't. I mean, a lot. You, you talked about the Isla Vista attack and, and the cheers that sprang out from the incel community. Saint fucking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, in this country, I'll be fucked if any of those people shouldn't be closely monitored because they are yeah. really dangerous. Totally. And, like, we've got, uh, you know, the, the van attack, as we mentioned before, in Toronto. Yes. That asshole killed 10 people and injured 16. This is indiscriminate killing to prove that social objective. It makes no fucking sense. But he's a confirmed incel, and he is revered on the forums as a hero by a lot of people yes. because canonizing mass murderers is textbook incel behavior. It's one of their worst fucking traits. I mean, like, let's face it, there's uh-huh. a lot to choose from. But the thing is, there is a lot more calls to action than actual actions in the incel community, mm. which is somewhat reassuring because there's this like hilarious sort of, you know, Venn diagram of uselessness and calls to action where they kind of famous for, you know, Dorito dust-covered fingers, basement mm. dwellers in their parents' place. Yeah. If they were more motivated and these people were more, uh, you know, equipped, shit could go wrong. But let's face it, it only takes one of these people to rip a community apart. And for what? Yes. And to what ends? Yeah. I That's mean, right. look, maybe we're, when we're looking at this sort of terrorist definition vis-a-vis incels, you know, we're sort of going down an intellectual cul-de-sac. And yeah. what we really should be wondering is how these men sitting in their dark, dark rooms idealising toxic misogyny for 10 to 12 hours a day, how yeah. these men relate to the world on the on the occasions they engage in it. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the stereotype of the man in the, of, of the overweight uh, guy in, the, in, the ba- in his parents' basement, there might yeah. be some reality to that. But at some point, they're going to have to close the door. The yeah. incels close the front door behind them and, and, and walk out in the big wide world. Incels are not agrophobics. Uh, no, well, not all of them. And yeah. then, the, and then the question is, and this is really where we want to get to, how they regard the women they might see on the bus, you know, yeah. how they engage with coworkers, uh, yeah. and what horrible thoughts they they almost always uh, will keep, they almost always will keep to themselves. But what horrible thoughts that they're bringing to those relationships. Uh, <laughs> You know, and and then discussing them with of like, uh, with those of like mind in dark corners of the internet. Yeah. You know, and when they do engage with a woman, whether it's the woman sitting next to them on the bus seat, or whether it's the co-worker, you know, the the engagement is always at a sexualized level. You know, implicit yeah. or otherwise, they are yeah. making assessment of that person not as a human being. But as a gatekeeper, as you said before, a person yeah, they dehumanise them as a as a routine. Yeah, yeah, a, a person with a vagina, and then yeah. and thus someone to be despised, and that's the a biggest, tool of utility. Yeah, that's right. That's the biggest threat yeah. incels pose for mine. Whether it's you know just a creepy stare, creepy stare on a bus, you know, and these yeah. fuckers or non fuckers, I should say, make a significant <laughs> contribution to why women feel unsafe on our streets. 
Yeah, and rightly so, to be fair. I mean, look, uh, I have seen this openly discussed on Intel forums. Um, touching up women on crowded public transport is totally a thing. Um, yes, we call that frottage. That's a particular uh, fetish, yes. What a visceral word that is, frottage. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it's French. The French, uh, there's nothing they don't know about sexual Yeah, truly, um, well, yeah. With a possible exception of the Japanese. Yes, they seem quite keen on this whole uh, activity, apparently. Yeah, but uh, yeah. look, and but like, this is the kind of thing that is not getting headlines. This is not on public domain. This is not even reaching court cases for the most part. Yeah, look, it must be said that frottage is not just played by um, incels as a whole. Uh, other level of perversity associated. Oh yeah, uh, fair with, game, fair you know, game. But what we are talking about is an indecent assault. Yeah, know? absolutely. And this is the stuff, like we say, like you know, we have all these mass shootings. That, you know, they get in the headlines. Yeah. These are the things that happen in day to day society that I think are, are, are glazed over. And like we've got also things like acid attacks, um, yeah. which uh, are sort of like a traditionally sort of Middle Eastern sort of thing they uh, see as very being popular quite- amongst the Hindu community in India. Yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's like one of those things that these guys just love the idea of, uh, making women uh, go down to their level. I mean, I read once on a forum that a guy overheard a woman in his office saying that she didn't know which of the guys she was dating at the time she wanted to continue seeing. This made his blood boil. And he said that he was going to accidentally trip over and spill boiling hot black coffee on her face so none of them would want her. Now... Did he do this is a question that I genuinely don't know the answer to. And, I mean, the best I can come up with is maybe. Well, in the, in the end, in the end, whether it happened or not, the fact that this fellow was ideating it yeah, and then expressing that to a community of like-minded weirdos it's not fucking is great. dangerous in itself. So, look, yeah. tell me, Joel, what makes an incel an incel? What sets them apart? Yeah, well, this is the thing, you know, like there's no, there, this whole thing isn't without basis because they're, they're either ugly or short, broke, dumb, socially awkward, all of these shitty traits. Some of them come from broken homes yes. and many of them work in absolutely terrible jobs, you know, uh, pumping gas sort of stuff that, you know, doesn't really work well on a Tinder profile. They're an encyclopedia of human flaws. They really are. They absolutely are. And while most people tend to get along in society, they find their place and they sort of relax, they almost purposefully dwell on the fringe. And a common trope with incels is that we all know a short, ugly, weird, broke guy with a cute girlfriend or a girlfriend at all, blah, blah, blah. And this is great and all, but they do not want to hear this. This fucking triggers them. It makes them rage. Well, look, I've got to say, look, ugliness... We need to talk about ugliness. I mean, yeah. it is one of those things that we don't talk about very often. I mean, the people we tend to see no. on television generally aren't ugly. Uh, no. The people who read our news bulletins and so forth. But ugliness surely, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. And well, so this is really an intent, you know, this grievance. This is something that they're comfortable with. They're comfortable with the grievance they're comfortable with the irrational hatreds they're comfortable in that zone yeah, it's not yeah. necessarily about physical ugliness is it yeah i see what you mean look like you know some of it's mental a lot of these guys argue that they're socially awkward or they've got anxiety disorders and things like that yes. but it often comes back to aesthetics but i do believe there is a halo effect and i do believe if you go to a boardroom you will find mostly conventionally attractive people mostly white but that's another story we need to deal with but these are the kind of people that tend to make it and the guy who looks like the elephant man 
doesn't tend to get past interview process. And I see where they're coming from with that. But at the same time, there's this dysmorphia within these ranks because as you say, it can be in the beholder. And if you see a picture of some of these guys, some of them, mate, I genuinely think that their looks are a disability because they are fucking hideous. But some of them just really aren't. It's not that bad. So so, so there's a contentment there sitting away in a darkened room yeah, and a contentment. They're even more relaxed about their sort of violent ideations. Well, I mean, this sort of stuff becomes commonplace for them because they get into these communities. And these communities, they're, they're like an incel universe. They have their own dictionaries. They have their own language. Yeah. Like, you know, as we said before, we slipped Chad in there. Chads are attractive white men, basically. Yes. And yes. Attractive black men are Tyrones because <laughs> everything's fucking divided by race. Yeah. And attractive women are Stacey's. And then this is great. They stratify this by having the slightly less attractive and usually more intelligent women called Becky's. Yeah, Becky's, yeah. And uh, it's, it's fucking idiots like that. Um, they call women femoids or femoids. I actually don't. I see it so much in text. I don't really hear it. I presume so it's much. femoids. I think, you know, we, we just yeah, I think so, the, yeah. got to get the old phonic rules onto that one. That'll be femoids. But uh, it's a dehumanizing term. That's right. So that's. Yeah. I, I, and and, the, and the, the lexicon, too. So yeah. a man is a chat. He's not. He's not a Peter or a Jarl. He's a Chad. <laughs> He's- hey, hey! I will have you know, I am a Chad Light. I am a. Uh, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm pretty. Look- I'm a pretty good looking guy. But, but, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's all about dehumanise. You know. Yeah, and, it and is. That's, that's the way it is. So it's easier, much, much easier, to commit violent attacks or even just think about them and and express yep. them on the net. When you yep. can, when you can stereotype people so easily, just dehumanize them. The sort That's of right. misogyny they practice here, and the sort of self-loathing they practice as well, has all these cute terms to make it sort of, you know, um, kind of like a like a little sort of like a, a lighter than it really is. Mm. But see, one of the things they like to say is neat which is N-E-E-T, yes. and they often are this, not in education, employment, or training, which I think is actually from Thatcher. Um, and if they are employed, they refer to themselves or others as wage cucks because they're being you know, submissively forced into the workplace. Because the ultimate goal of a true incel who makes it to wizardry and really gets there is to L-D-A-R, which is lay down and rot. Well, in terms of a, an intimate relationship, who wouldn't get soft at the knees at the thought of a sexual partner who's a fat-ass couch potato without ambition, without a plan for advancement and carries a burning sense of grievance against all women and the men who relate to them as human beings? Well, if that gives you the shits, here's a few things that might get you nice and riled up about our incel mates because incel mates have a huge sticking point when it comes to promiscuity. They are fixated on how many partners women have had and they actively seek Mm. out virgins. And this can get real fucking weird Mm. because this leans toward the fetishization of teenagers. I mean, that's where most virginity lies. So they think that sex with multiple partners destroys vaginas. I mean, like, yeah. Like it's yeah, like there's no basis for this. It's no, disgusting. No, 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 no whatsoever. I mean, but, 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 but they call it roast beef. Yes, they do. They and, call the vagina roast beef, yeah. And that's why they label promiscuous women as, they call them roasties. And they make all these memes of roast beef sandwiches that resemble the labia and things like that. And it's just, it's just fucking creepy. Oh, that's extremely creepy. And it tells us, most of all, these, these guys hate vaginas. Fuck, they do. That is actually, that is a good point. <laughs> they kind of do. Like, if you look at this shit, 
That's yeah. That's kind of nailed it on the head. Yeah, that's, <laughs> there's, there's there's some there's some extraordinary psychology going on there, and Bizarre. and it and it's based largely in ignorance. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the, yes, there is practical ignorance, isn't it? <laughs> the great moment in the office when Dwight goes to to the HR guy and and wants him to explain where the clitoris is. You know, oh, nice. so there's all of that. Yeah, that. that's I it. I mean, this, but this is a loathing. This is a, this is not a simple curiosity. You've actually never seen one, or never seen one in the wild, and yeah. you're angry at it. And, and, and yeah, and and that's their default position. It's just to be yeah. angry at it, you know. Yeah, yeah. What a bizarre reality. Yeah. Fuck, that is that is a very interesting thing. So look, and another one that I think is uh, uh, like a fuck. These guys are painful sometimes. Uh, ridiculous traditional gender roles. I mean. Yeah. Women are at the house, they're subservient, and the men are the leaders of the house and that sort of thing, which, let's face it, isn't very fucking relevant because you're not in a relationship, champion. You know, you can't <laughs> even get a fucking root. Like, so this obviously revolves around control. And at least it seems so. Look, I'm not a psych, but they often say things like conservative religions, oh, like, you know, conservative mm-hmm. Islam, Orthodox Judaism, they've got it right because they have a patriarchal society that makes a lot of sense. And this plays into this whole, like, Jordan Peterson idea of traditional gender roles because, let's face it, you know, Jordan Peterson's equation on inceldom, which got a lot of press when there was a few shootings and things like that, is the idea that if there is a monogamous structure of abstinence and one partner for life, then it's more likely that a 50-50 split is going to happen and incels are going to get a mate. Because basically, <laughs> somehow society is going to force women to, like, fuck nutcases. And then, of course, you can imagine what happens behind closed doors in that relationship. I mean, these fucking cretins are textbook DV. Textbook. So, yeah, 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 great fucking solution. Well, look, they're comfortable where they are. They hate vaginas. I mean, the, the very <laughs> notion that they're going to engage in a sort of profound uh, emotional experience of a relationship with a woman or indeed another man, it's just bizarre, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, the, the idea that if we ratcheted everything back to the 50s, uh, where uh, you know where, where we lived in a uh, far more uh, male-controlled society that that incels wouldn't exist. I mean, it's just yeah, ridiculous. That's bullshit. Yeah, but, that's that's foolish. But they hate they hate the sexual revolution. They hate the empowerment of women. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the moral conservatism. It's actually reactionary. It says yeah. they have a better chance of being normies uh, back in the good old days when uh, when when men. Uh, when men r- ruled the roost. Yes, and uh, didn't have to do shit to well, be anyone. Yeah, when, when in reality these people are so socially awkward that they're not going to have relationships anyway. No, not they would have been the guy that shot up the post office regardless of mm. what they did, let's face it. But, you know, it's, uh, it is a throwback to that thing of like, it's the same thing with having nothing to lose. I mean, you look at these sort of throwbacks and you think, well, I've got nothing to lose now. Imagine yeah. what it would have been like back then. Maybe better. I mean, fuck, it's better than nothing, right? Well, what are what other miserable grievances to uh, incels carry around? Fuck, I could go on about this for about three hours. But <laughs> there is a huge competition between what makes you less desirable in the incel community. There is ugly face. There's being short. There's mm-hmm. being socially awkward or otherwise somewhat mentally impaired. And they do have, you know, documented illnesses behind this. Right. But they compete to be the most disadvantaged. So the winner is, is the not- loser. 
Absolutely. And this is so similar to the identity politics bullshit or like the competition of being the most marginalized, you know, because, but the thing is, is when you're in the ID poll circles, the most marginalized suddenly becomes fucking canonized and everyone's like, oh my God, you're so brave. Whereas there's no prize for this in the incel community. Mm. People in incel forums, when you win this battle of wits as to how fucking awful you are, they'll just turn around and go, okay, cool. Well, you should probably kill yourself and here's how you should do it. So this is the thing. They, They actually urge suicide. Oh, yeah. Uh, among Huge. their own members, uh, and Massively. and particularly if you are if you are an incel uh, who who can who, who's basically lost lost the competition. No, sorry, won the competition. Yes, but no <laughs> prize. The because they're the most awful people, awful men. Subhuman, genetic fuck up, the whole bit. It's you know, circumstantial. To, time for them to grab a length of rope. It's, yeah, and, call it a day. And, so, and, and this is common, apparently. They they will they will right. urge suicide commonly in bulletin boards and elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, when it, when someone says they're going to kill themselves, it it comes to a mixed reaction. Sometimes people do say maybe don't do it, blah blah blah. But most of the reactions are good luck or what has become a bit of a meme expression, which is goodbye, sweet prince. Oh dear. Mm. And watching that in text, it just says. Just do it. And people will, uh, you know, um, announce their departure, not unlike Pete Evans on Facebook, and some of them do it and some of them don't. Yeah. Pete Evans on Facebook doesn't do it. Some of these guys, they really do. They they, they call it. And it's sometimes they're in the news. And, again, it's very, very difficult to get any sort of uh, range of data, uh, extrapolated data on oh, yeah, in this country. But you, you would think yeah. they're making up quite a lot of numbers. I mean, look, yeah, it is, yeah. I think it's important to say that, you and I both have empathy for people who suffer genuine human loneliness, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're social animals, and and, and and those that have difficulty socialising with the group deserve, you know, our understanding. But this is this isn't it. You know, this is yeah. this is almost willful. Yeah, it there doesn't is a make bit of any that. sense. Well, once you identify as an incel, you become a part of the community. And while they are all different, because I do want to make sure that this isn't like that weird Antifa thing of like making this amorphous blob of people into one thing. But at the same time, there is a general community and they do seem to rally around the idea and almost celebrate the idea of being incels. But on the paradoxical side of that, they seek to ascend, as they call it, to find love and to, you know, and sometimes they will have departure notice saying i made it boys usually they're in their early 20s because they should never have been fucking in in the first place (laughs) but like they'll say look you know i talked to a girl and she actually said yes and now we're hanging out and like i think this is it for me guys see you later some of them respond really nicely and some of them respond with like she'll leave you know this is a matter of time like you know oh how many guys has she fucked before you like so it's 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 a fascinating thing it's if you're having a first relationship with a woman, this is not what you need. You do not want to be in that in that particular group because that'll just oh totally you know, yeah. A fuck with your head. I mean, yeah. look, we talked about it politically. We talk about you know where they might sit uh, on uh, a linear sort of um, ideological framework, but you know, I've seen a lot. You know, a lot you would say that from the extreme right. You know, lots of the red hat brigade. You know, lots of alt right stuff. But yeah, it, is that the case or is it? Like spread across the place. Yeah, like look, it's it's a broad church because it seems like that on face value. It seems very red hat because a lot of these guys are actually bizarrely enough really big on universal basic income because this enables them to lay down and rot. So, and in incels, <laughs> they've appropriated socialism. Because it's it, very it'll funny. Them, it'll prevent them from having to go out in the world and get a job. 
how the fuck was that? And like the Andrew Yang, who is the big proponent of the universal based income, it was like most of his platform. And incels rallied behind him. Yang gang, the whole thing made memes and shit because he was promising incels neat free bucks, money. which is free money. It's their slang for welfare cash. Neat, neat being not an education money. and training yeah. and money. And like, and this is the thing. Cause like most of the incels that love Trump are just edge lords from 4chan. Yeah. I want to talk about them. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so what we can say also about incels that makes them even more dangerous is that there's an infiltration from far right groups, neo-Nazis and what have you. Because yeah, we have as we said before, incels are impressionable. And when you yeah. get angry, heavily armed men, uh, coming into their bulletin boards, urging them to do things. Uh, yeah. Bad things are going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the sort of thing that you find. That's the thing you sort of find, you know, it does play out. But the interesting thing with incels is that most of their take on race and things like that, which is where this sort of race baiting tends to, to lead them towards some sort of neo-Nazi ideology, it all becomes down to bloody sexual hierarchy because they stratify their take on identity politics in a sexual hierarchical fashion, which is kind of funny in a way. Like, so there's this whole thing about which race has it worst. And it's almost universally known within the insult community that whites have it easiest. And there's an acronym they call JBW, just be white. And this whole just be white thing really pisses off the white incels who really don't feel like their lonely, sad existence needs to check its fucking privilege. <laughs> yeah. But it's not white supremacy. It is a byproduct of racism on yes. the dating scene. And yes. it's a very real phenomenon. When I was on Tinder, I saw people that said straight up in their fucking profiles, no Asians, no Indians. This has got to be a fraction of the people that actually think that who are prepared to say it in text and the rest just swipe left on anyone who isn't white. Yeah, look, Tinder profiling dates, I mean, on all those sort of dating sites, you know, there's, there's a whole mess of them nowadays. I mean, basically to, to for their programmers to create a category based on race is really problematic because it's not really yeah. helping. I think that happened on Grinder. actually. They had a, a, a race category, which it's just one of those ways of really enabling this kind of shitty behavior yeah, and locking people out of uh, uh, what is a, a, a multicultural social ecosystem. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm not here to mandate preferences, but I'm sorry, but, you know, this kind of explicit racism is something that we shouldn't be uh, just accepting as a part of 2020. It's just yeah. fucking terrible. I mean, there are studies on this, uh, well, and well, I've looked at them before. Yeah, look, I'm very suspicious of studies into incels because, firstly, incels are, are, are suspicious themselves about researchers yeah. and journalists. They'll run them on. They're a paranoid um, group. Uh, yeah. They are drooling paranoids. Which uh, is fair because they do get victimised in the media a lot without their right of response. Right. So I get that. So it would be extraordinarily difficult, even even if there wasn't this sort of run-a-mile approach to uh, analysis. Uh, and, and I dare say they don't want to be analysed because the answers would be pretty bloody grim. Yeah, and the oh, answers totally. would form along along the lines from many of them, I'd say the overwhelming majority, probably as high as 90%, that you are suffering from a particular personality disorder. Yeah. Um, and but So I'm very, very sceptical about about studies that have been undertaken, not least yeah. because they'll run a mile from them, but also where they do engage that I doubt that they're going to be very, uh, very honest about it. Yeah, and that's fair enough. But look, it's I think one of the things that's really important to highlight here is the fact that the reality of incels, uh, you know, whether they ascend or not, uh, it's the average lifespan of an incel is one that is much shorter than the general population because the natural conclusion to an incel's life is suicide. Yes, 
it just is. And this is something that is widely known throughout the communities. And when they get to that point, especially if they get past 30, which makes them a wizard, uh, they stop caring for themselves. They, they give up on life, which means, yes. you know, they get type 2 diabetes, or they get all sorts of things. And, you know, when they talk about the rope and when they do plan to kill themselves, like we said before, you know, sometimes people will plead for them not to do it, but most of them just wish them well and give them advice on how to do it because to a true incel, a real, real OG incel, death is release. Mm. And... Most people hold back. This is fucking depressing because they don't want their parents to go through it. Or maybe they've got a cat and they don't want the cat to go to a shelter. Or maybe they've got a couple of friends. They would, uh, they would feel that they'd be letting, you know, letting down by, mm. by going, mm. especially other incel friends who, you know, don't have other friends and, you know, they're really isolated. Often they will say in explicit terms, I'm waiting for my parents to die and then I'm going to rope. Waiting for my cat to die. So then waiting I'll for rope. the cat to go. Mm. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, and that's, it's just like these people are on the fucking edge. You know, this is nihilism writ large. You know, it would be hard to imagine a more dangerous subculture. And, yeah. and if we were to sum up the threat of this, both to themselves and to others, it yeah. is there's nothing more dangerous than a man or men who have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we going to do about a job? Is de-platforming de one way? Well, I mean, look, Reddit took off um, the incel subreddit, which was a big move. And then they deleted various other incel subreddits that sort of spawned from mm. that sort of stuff. And the thing is, like, you know, they've got these, like, incel forums. Some of the stuff that Larson was uh, hosting, which were genuinely toxic, and babe.net had this whole weird spat, and the content providers tend to kick them off. But it's interesting, because I think in Facebook, and I, I notice in Twitter, there's quite an active incel community, and they're not being sort of, you know, stamped down on like QAnon and things like that. But I do feel like there's a bit of a midpoint. I think that there's toxic spaces, and there's therapeutic spaces. And these people yeah. often don't have friends. They and, find and, mates in these forums. And, and in any event, you know, when you start deplatforming, I mean, I, I think yeah. there are certain things that Require deplatforming yes, and various yeah. various individuals who should be deplatformed and have been deplatformed. But when you get a group like this, yeah. deplatforming is kind of like a game of whack a mole. You know, every yeah. every hole you hit, you know, they're going to pop up somewhere else. Oh, totally. And they're they're very technically adept as well. So a lot of subcultures yes. that will, you know, like anti vaxxers who are not known for being clever. Once their favorite websites go down, they kind of stuck. Like, what do they do next? Where do I go? I don't know. Whereas incels will find their mates. But when they do shut down these forums and the community is lost, they do get atomized. And I am like, I'm absolutely convinced, and I have no evidence for this, but I'm absolutely sure that some of these kids have taken their lives once they lost all their mates in these places, or at least certain ones. Yes. I'm just sure of it because the thing is. This is the tricky thing because there is a greater good element to this and an overall long game well, that's as how, to whether uh, deplatforming works. That's how incels, we talked about this briefly, but that's how the incel community first started. It was really just a, a support group for those yeah. who, who were really battling and, 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 right. and women and male uh, memberships, like. uh, yep. you know, bounced around advice and support 100%. and encouragement. It just, it just yeah. got toxic. And this should have its place in society because love – can be uh, a battlefield <laughs> you know like it's fucking hard I, i've had troubles with myself like you know meeting women and having anxiety and working through all these things and over time i've figured it out and over time i've learned and loved and all these sort of beautiful wonderful things but it can be fucking hard and i i, I feel for them you yeah, know yeah yeah but but feeling socially awkward at, at 17 or 18 shouldn't drag you to these dark places pretty fucking normal i mean the idea of like a lot of these incels do have like a mental clarity of saying look kid you're not meant to be here 
you know, you're 17, shut the fuck up. And other ones will say, oh, 17, you haven't kissed a girl. But this oh, is, it's over. I mean, this is almost, a, this is almost a, you know, a, a, a constant in adolescence. I mean, that's, that's just something yeah. that comes up, you know, that you're the square peg in the round hole. I mean, we all well, went this through is what, it. Yeah. But, well, but here to we've varying got, here extents. Here we've got an avenue to much, much darker places. You know, the, oh, the, totally. the old thing I say, you you the internet, you're never more than four clicks away from from some really dangerous stuff. And, sure, and, and 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 this is, you know, I mean, these issues in in adolescence are compounded around bullying. You know, yeah. See, not all childhoods are created equal. Like that's true. You know, true. I had a great time at school. I had a beautiful girlfriend for seven years when I was fifteen. I had all these amazing friends. I all right, Joe. That's enough. Drank about, on that's the train. About your, Manifest successes in life, but, but, it but was not a everyone's good time. like. But not not, but not everyone's like that. Exactly, and this is why I feel like it's ridiculous for me as someone who's had this like really blessed time to say what's fucking wrong with you because some of these kids have been fucking tortured, yeah. bullying at school. Seriously, almost every incel story you'll hear the bullying at school, and it's usually something to do with their face or aesthetics or shortness or whatever. Abuse. Both sexual and violent from parents, step parents, and foster parents. Some of these kids thing. are wards. Yeah, that's the other thing we barely touched on here. I, I would say that incels, almost without exception, would have problematic relationships with their parents. Yeah, whether they even know them or not. The amount of foster mm. situations and wards of the state in incel, the incidence there is much higher than the general community, no fucking doubt. Because the stories, there's so many of them. And like some of these guys have been put through a system that the, the list of mental illnesses they suffer from is longer than the fucking Nile. I mean, like, it gets really dark. But this is the thing, and my dad always said this when I was a kid, your right to swing your fist ends at my nose. And when you start using this shit as an excuse to take what you want from women, like they're some sort of fucking commodity, yeah. and yeah. using this as a platform to violate the space of others, look, I'm sorry, but I'm not in your corner at that point. Absolutely right, Joel. It reminds me of a, a Monty Python sketch. Uh, there's a room full of people, a sort of PG Wodehouse type uh, salon, and uh, in bounces uh, Michael Palin and said, there's been a murder. And John Cleese said, <laughs> I did it, but society's to blame. So Michael Palin yeah. arrests everybody else. You know what I mean? This is, this, <laughs> we can't get to the point where, where the people are actually ideating violence and on, and on occasions that were, are very difficult to quantify actually yeah. engage in that violence against women. Yeah, uh, that these people should be seen somehow as victims. I mean, it, yeah. it, yes, life's tough. Yes, life can be a real bastard. And if you've been bullied mercilessly all your life, you're going to look for a place where it'll give you some sucker. And I understand that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the greater good is going to be achieved by having our, our cities, our towns, safer places for women to be in, you know, 50% Absolutely. of the population, it's actually 51 in Australia, 51% yeah. of the population feeling that they can walk our streets day or night and not be subject to appalling behaviour. I mean, well, how do we get there? I mean, like, is the, is the solution to ankle bracelet these fuckers? Are we going to, like, I think there is a lot of merit in the idea of a bottom-up kind of healing process where we give further awareness of anxiety and social disorders and a lot of good people are doing a lot of good stuff in this space. But giving this sort of, you know, acknowledgement of pain and treating this kind of thing with empathy and validity is the kind of response that I'd like to see. But honestly... I don't think you're going to be able to market hug a misogynist yeah. incel day. I, I don't think it's going to work. I think this is going to be a stain on our 
society for a very, very long time. It's worldwide. It's yeah. not just a, you know, sort of Western white folk issue. It's 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 going to, going to cause a, a great stain. But if you want to pick a side, you always pick the side, you know, you, I'm, I'm always going to pick the side that says, I want, I want our streets to be safer for women. I want yeah. our homes to be safer for women. And that's another yeah. issue. But... I want our it streets to, you know, I mean, you know, talk to women as, as, yeah. as blokes. Go and have a chat to to a woman, and they'll tell you, "I can't go out then. I can't go out yeah. then. It's night time." You know, yeah, that's fucked. And that's and, and this and these guys are a part of that. And this They're subculture this, yeah. is is a major contributor towards that. So I think so. Yeah. If you're in it, get the fuck out of it. Pull your fucking head in. Pull your fucking socks up. Put your best fucking trousers on, and go and have a talk <laughs> to someone on just at a basic human level. If yeah. you're not in it. If you're not in it, try and understand it, but understand that this is a lethally, potentially lethally dangerous group of people running around with toxic fucking ideas that need yeah. to be stopped. And don't underestimate them. Never underestimate them. No, no. Well, I've had a gutful and I'm desperate to move on. The thought of these men and their deeply embarrassing unwanted erections is putting me off my beer. Yeah, not me, Jack. We need to get going to a seat. Got a lot of tongues wagging in DC. It's entirely possible Donald Trump is, is listening in because he wants to be a better dad, but he can't because his own father was an elusive sociopath <laughs> with a pension for popping the Manchester on and setting fire to a few crucifixes in the backyard. Yep. But Donnie wants to help because he knows young Eric, who is a good-looking boy, feels like he's a bastard on Father's Day. So what's Eric been up to? What have you got for me, Jack? Well, let's go back, uh, Joe, way back to a telling remark Eric made in October last year where he showed himself to be not just a good-looking boy but a man of vision when he complained, why is it that every family goes into politics and enriches themselves? He was talking about the Bidens, but it does seem to have an eerie reminiscence to the Trump family who've been making a nice quid in the hotel and country club business, no blacks or Jews, please, since the great orange one took the oath all the way back in January 2017. Uh, has Eric forecast a series of felony raps for the Trump family, including himself? Will the emoluments clause or the Hatch Act come into play? Will Eric's frequent flyer miles on Air Force One come back to bite him hard on his handsome ass? Will the Donald pardon Eric in advance for his numerous breaches of the Hatch Act, skipping in and out of the country on Air Force One to pop over to Africa and shoot some big game like bang. a leopard or a giraffe. Oh, it's very yeah. naughty. Nobody a, likes that. He's a good-looking boy, as we all know, yeah. and frankly, I think he'd make a lot of friends at Fort Leavenworth. So I think Eric might still come up trumps. Yeah. Uh, but we can't spend time living a life of regret over that terrible pun job. Yeah. We have to get on and get to a segment that I know our listeners await with breaths baited. Possibly Ratsack, I can't be sure, but hanging on our every word of this, The Week in Pete Evans. It's been a very big week in Pete Evans, as you can imagine. I mean, now there is an obvious issue coming up next, but I want to leave with this. Pete has had the saddest book launch in modern history. Oh, no. I mean, on Tuesday, he made a post on all his platforms, including ones he may have said he was deleting, uh, that his latest book had launched. But it didn't mm. launch because his publishers have cancelled him because he's a Nazi. Bye-bye. So he made a post suggesting that maybe, just maybe, a stockist might be carrying it. This, despite the fact 
The pandemic Melinda made it clear that they were terminating the relationship and according to his own words, they are not keeping in touch after the breakup. Oh. In traditional Pete fashion, he equated this to book burning due to the injustice of him being cancelled and then used the post to plug his next book on cooking with cannabis, which uh, I'm looking out for. A predictable Pete uh, is a man of habit if he is anything. Complain, imply, victimhood and promote, promote, promote. Promote, promote, promote. That's our man, Pete. He knows what he's doing. So in other news, on November the 20th at 4.13pm, Pete Evans announced his departure from Facebook. Now, he's clearly tired of being oppressed and shadow banned by the whole Zuckerberg empire. He has no evidence for this claim whatsoever, but he makes it all the time. And now he's moving to the greener pastures of Parlour. He's going to love it there. So Parlour, otherwise known as Fashbook, is a place where oppressed conservative voices can go and spread misinformation and racist garbage without fear of censorship. It's like a little Nazi utopia where nobody tells you what to do. And surely this is kind of ironic, considering that people delete and block any comments that do not agree with him or anything that questions his narrative. I mean, let's face it, censorship is only bad when you're not the one doing it. That's right. Yep. Always be on the lighter side of the book burning. So on November 21st at 9.12am, Pete Evans said he had deleted his Facebook. (laughs) Now, of course... If you delete your Facebook, nobody can actually see your dramatic departure notice saying you've deleted Facebook. So basically what you have to do when you delete Facebook is you say you're deleting Facebook, but you leave it up for a little window so everyone can see your tantrum and then you delete Facebook. But Pete missed a step. And since posting on Facebook that he had deleted his Facebook, uh, Persistent Pete has posted on Facebook 13 times. His complaint about a fake Pete Evans profile on Parler, proving very early that free speech can backfire. He also suggested a recipe with rose petals, famously covered in the kind of pesticides he thinks give you cancer, plugged his Evolve subscription page, and one of the few sponsors that stuck by him, the Waterfilter Dudes. Also, the usual recipes and anti-vax drivel that he is known for. He also posted some Tracy Chapman lyrics, which I think reminded us all of when we got broken up with in high school and started finding sentimental value in all these old songs after stealing a bottle of vodka from Dad's liquor cabinet, replacing the bit you drink with some water, thinking you're pretty sneaky, and getting all sentimental about the lyrics. I mean, look, you know, you had your little discipline there and you maybe shed a little bit of a tear, but, God, thank Christ we didn't have Facebook back then. Just imagine what would be on public record. I mean... The one thing that I'll tell you that did not happen in this week in Pete Evans is him deleting his Facebook page. That well, next week happen. is another week in Pete Evans, but I certainly doubt anything much will change on this front. Another attention-seeking tantrum from a man famous for throwing his toys out of the cot. Hopefully, he kicks things up a notch, though. There's a wild Pete Evans posting mega trash and self-promoting stuff still amuses. I want to see our man from Mullum go full butterfly on his Telegram and parlor accounts. He has a few hot takes on the Great Reset in there, but nobody seems to give a shit about that. Come on, Petey. We know you have it in you. Yeah, mate, you can do it. You're supposed to change, aren't you, mate? Tell us everything you know about the real history of Germany. We're looking forward to that. Uh, You have been listening to the Conditional Mm -hmm. Release Program with your host, Jack, the Insider, and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, and if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. 
Jack can be found on Twitter at, at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page. You can find pretty easily. Use the search function. Come on, grow up. If you want more on incels, look up Hope, Cope, and Rope on Google. You'll find my Medium article. And if you've got a little bit of a pressing for time, there's a shorter one called What Becomes of the Unfuckable, a shorter guide to the incel community, which is also found That's a very Google. nice point of action there, Joel. Uh, well done. And finally... Oh- I also have a cookbook. Finally, yes, it's only a matter of time before you got a cookbook out. I cook incels. <laughs> finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to tell us we were about to be bakakied half to death by insane incels suffering from a bad case of dangerous sperm buildup. Ooh, Nasty. dangerous. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. See you later.